Hello all, welcome to the Lunar Sea Spire Cartoon Fan Podcast. This is episode 404, and today we'll be talking about Civil Wart and Hot Popular from Amphibia. I'm GC13. And I'm David. So Hopadiah Planter getting his time in the sun. <laughs> I love that they showed him as a, like, the only sensible frog in the entire town in one episode, and then gave him, you know, a, a shot at actually becoming the mayor in the next. It was a very uh, nice, gentle progression. And oh my god, like, Love Choice was a fantastic movie. <laughs> to, uh, <laughs> to... To start the shipping wars. Yeah, sometimes they just nail the spoofs in these cartoons. And like, you know, there's a little bit of Twilight mixed in here with, you know, obviously the choice between, uh, you know, two two boys yeah, being very popular. That was about as flagrantly Twilight as you can get. But it was so like, like the cyborg is different, you know. Um, kind yeah. of like a vampire, like, are they really human? And then werewolf, you know, this time it's just this strange, is that pronounced Servitar from, from D&D? I like that they actually use like a D&D type creature. Um, I have no idea because he's definitely not a centaur and I don't know what creature you're referring the to. The people on the wiki are convinced it's a Servitar. It's, so it's like the opposite. It's a reverse centaur, basically. You know, I never thought of him like that. Yeah, Reverse Centaur, apparently a 5e race in D&D. Okay, that is that awesome. I didn't know about. I like that. I need to play 5e now. Okay. But uh yeah. <laughs> I it's funny that they kind of tried to put in a lesson about looking out for your siblings in there, you know, but it it was very um not that prominent, right? Like the start of the episode has <laughs> Hop Hop giving some advice to Sprig and it really just comes back in at the end but they're not they're not really hammering that point home for the rest of the episode and uh you know we kind of get distracted just focusing on how the actual town can easily you know break any actual characterization that anyone in this town has and they could just act like a crazy mob um yeah i I was so (laughs) surprised to see mayor toadstool a getting in on this and then B, his lackey getting in on this on the opposite side. <laughs> like Toadstool made no effort to take over Alistair Town. He's just, no, I'm on Team Alistair, and that means we follow Sprig. And also he had Stumpy on his side, so, I mean, the guy could have won. Like, obviously he was going to win. Duh. Yeah, I, I don't know. There's, like, quite a few characters that it doesn't really make sense that they would be, um, I don't know, like, in this fight. All the cool characters were on Alistair's side, actually. Oh, wow. And Mayor Toadstool. You're gonna make that judgment? <laughs> yeah. I'll go there. I'll go there. But I mean, I, I, I may, I may be biased towards Alistair. Um, for one, I, I could never compete with abs like Hunter has, so I, I have to just, <laughs> I, I can't be near that. It's just... That was such a great joke. They're just flashing disco or <laughs> techno like abs. Just no one, no one can compete with that. I, I can see why Alistair is insecure if that's what he's up against. But it, like, that is the defining feature, though. Like when I think Twilight and like being a jealous middle school boy, like it was, you know, because these dudes just had amazing abs, right? And that was the focus. Like they would just rip off their shirts at, you know, seemingly ridiculous times in the movies. So. I like that they they really nailed it. 
to just the extreme. But uh, but I also have to side with Alistair just because his voice actor, Matthew Mercer, who I remember from voicing a character in an old MOBA called Dawn Gate. So, you know, I'm still hanging on. I have not forgotten. Yeah, he has a good voice, too. I like that they gave him a human voice that and not just like making weird deer sounds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was that's what I was expecting him to have the the weird a weird deer noise. But no, he had a voice. Yeah. I'm one of the best voice actors in the business, brother. And I oh my gosh, I just love that they're hanging out like in that movie on a couch. Like the <laughs> primary romantic interest, she's just, you know, like I don't even know what the plot of this movie is, but they have time to just hang out on a couch and She's like, I think I have to love you too. <laughs> so that there's a plot in this film. Like, that's that's my favorite thing. Well, I, I never watched any of the Twilight films, so if they were riffing off of anything in particular, that would have gone over my head. <laughs> uh, they do hang out a lot in the woods. I was, I, I was dragged through watching all except the final part two film of that franchise. And uh, it's, yeah, it is rough. You know, high school is a time. You poor doomed child. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, it was it was a thing. If you enjoyed it, it's okay. Does it display some of the most, like, toxic relationship behavior ever? Yes. Like, please don't ever watch it and idolize it as a, as a middle schooler or high schooler. But luckily, I think we're well past the point of that being relevant. There's a reason we still have the still a better love story than Twilight. Meme, yeah. <laughs> so not only was Mayor Toadstool... On Team Alistair, he was also up for re-election, and Hapadaya gave him a good race. I, oh man, I, I, we, that status quo change wasn't needed, but it would have been really exciting to see, like, Hop-Hop take on that role, but it was much funnier to see that apparently being mayor doesn't just apply to Mayor of Wartwood, it's like Mayor of Wartwood and surrounding areas, which <laughs> is the reason that, uh, that he lost, but it turns out in later episodes that this was actually a uh, somewhat plot-relevant thing that occurred, so that is kind of neat. So Hapadaya did did make a little bit of waves. Because the when Mayor Toadstool said, oh, what, you, be, you weren't actually campaigning anywhere else? That's weird. But, I mean, dude, you didn't notice you didn't run into him anywhere else? But when... Before, when it's like, oh yeah, and then everyone else voted for not Hapadai. I thought this was like a China and Hong Kong situation where they rewrote the rules to get the candidate they wanted to win. Right. But uh, this episode makes it sound like, no, the people in Wartwood always uh, were the tiny minority of the people deciding who the mayor is going to be there. So sad. And I, I like how to the side, it's, I mean, it, obviously it's not subtle because we've already seen like the toads. But I, I just like this sort of not being too heavy handed, saying like, yeah, the Toads have always been in political power here and no one's really ever stood up to them. And uh, yet, I mean, Hop Pop takes direct blows to the face in this episode and doesn't win by any trickery against this guy in a fight. Yeah, he no sells Toadstool's offense completely and then just lays him out. Total babyface win. I, I honestly he had like literal face plot armor but it it was still cool like he genuinely goes through all these ridiculous things that the town has decided is what qualifies you as mayor including you know feeding giant birds and being naked and alone in the woods and surviving 
Uh, speaking speaking of that, the return of Jeremy. So happy. So happy. <laughs> yes. Wow. So <laughs> he's he's a, he's a free freed one. Um, yeah, I just love the Hapadaya completely gets to like live a happy life in this episode and and be yeah, you know, literally like smack his oppressor in the chin. It's cool. He may not win the election, but he does get his self-respect back. And the respect of the townsfolk, which in this case is not nothing. No. Like he gets real financial benefits out of this. <laughs> yep, finally gets the stand back, which is very sweet. Which I mean I guess makes sense. They're recognizing him as a stand-up guy. Finger guns. Oh my god. A stand. Okay, so what else is there to say? Um <laughs> uh, yeah, Anne is uh, funnily enough like not the major feature of either of these episodes, and I think Amphibia does that so well with not with really like the whole family being the important like focal point of the show and it's like it is Anne's journey but you know I don't, I don't know they do a good job without it feeling like like it how are the ways to develop a show you can have your protagonists and the stories are pretty much about them you can also have protagonists plus side characters which is how I feel something like Adventure Time worked out to be where a lot of the story is Finn's story, and if we go to the side, it's like pretty far to the side, and you you feel that pull to get pulled back to the other characters. But I really feel like I'm watching a journey of a family and a town in Amphibia, and I don't really notice the seams between like, oh, this is a Hot Pop episode, or this is a Sprig episode. It, it feels very natural, and I don't feel a pull back to Anne. I'm not waiting for like, oh man, they better focus on Anne again, because everybody stays in rotation, and you know it's it's nice yeah i mean it's it's her found family her adoptive frog family and i mean two really good episodes at that so who would complain yeah i'm not gonna lie though hop up episodes are my favorite as soon as i do catch the inkling that hop up is the one being featured i'm very happy uh <laughs> yeah i mean there was there was some serious spirit animalage going on here with uh with hop pop although <laughs> Not so fond of him taunting the beetle into that uh into that stump there. Didn't need to see that lovingly animated butt cheek. <laughs> Great care was taken. I mean, I don't think they called in James Baxter, but they showed that one some love all the same. <laughs> I mean, how does Mayor Toadstool survive as mayor if he looks at baby birds obviously chirping for food and is like, money? Money is what these baby birds want. <laughs> I'm surprised he's even willing to part with it. I guess he's not a total Mr. Krabs, but... Yeah, he's... I was gonna say, he's no crab, that's for sure. He has run uncontested, though, for uh, quite some time. He understands that you gotta spend money to make money. Like, the bribes he probably pays the toads to stay the toad for the job... Um, you know, it's just the cost of doing business so he can fleece the yokels out of all their money. All of their legitimate amounts of money. Never forget, like, he has plenty of money for himself and he could have made Hot Pop set for life. Well, he could have given... He was offering Hot Pop something that costs him nothing. It's just, I'm going to let you have a stand over there and I'm not going to charge you anything for it. And since the rent is so absurdly high, having a stand that isn't being charged rent, and I'm pretty sure he would have welched on that one real quick would net you a lot of cash 
is are the townspeople now paying for the stands rent? How how's that working out? I I'm assuming so. At the at the very least, they paid it, paid his rent up for the next period. Like obviously, the the man's got to stand on his own two feet eventually. But <laughs> y- you know, they seem to have a pretty deep respect for Hapadaya. I I don't think he's going to have to worry about getting the planter family honesty reputation back. I think he'll be all yeah. right until the season ending happens. Anyway. <laughs> I don't know all the circumstances surrounding that. I just know what happens. But uh, the town is split right down the middle. And what was it? What was it they were arguing about the year before where they almost flattened the place? Avocados and... Almonds versus avocados, which yes. I'm surprised those... Like, sounds like a very California writer's room <laughs> argument, but not a frogs in this world argument. Almond milk versus avocado toast. Well, like, those are popular exports of uh, the state, but I, I don't think either of those have been shown in this show yet. Like, most of the time they're eating bugs or, you know, plants that are similar to ours but usually will kill you. Like, you can eat a tomato, but you're going to have to get it out of, like, a killer tomato yeah. plant. Attack of the killer tomato plant. Yeah, like, Sasha was able to eat pizza, but but it's hard to get those things. So I'm surprised that these townsfolk in the situation they're in were arguing about what i assume are luxury commodities maybe it's like the human appreciation society on the boiling isles where these are foods that they've heard of but don't really know much about yeah i mean i wouldn't like argue like these are not directly comparable foods as far as their like category or use or you know palate (laughs) whatever I mean, the, the avocado is a lot more generally useful, though. Let's be honest. Let's be real here. Oh, no. Are we about to have this go down? <laughs> I don't want to be on any podcast with somebody who supports almonds over avocados. <laughs> I, I want to get into this bit, but what do I have to say about almonds? Mm, they use a whole lot of water, and There's they are no pretty dry. There's no way you can defend almonds. And, uh, but they do make almond butter, and since I'm, like, somewhat allergic to peanuts, and by the way, I hope no one on the internet who doesn't like me decides to then, you know, dox me, find out where I live, and then, like, dump peanuts on my head, but, uh, I'm not that allergic, you won't kill me. Uh, but yeah, like, almonds <laughs> uh, are the a, godsend There's a Bob me. the Angry Flower comic with your name on it, buddy. <laughs> um, so I'll give almonds that, but avocados, you can, like, eat them with chips, so. Yeah. Uh, and you can make sushi rolls with them. I will say this in favor of almonds. You can't put avocados on a coconut candy bar. So mm. I guess it takes all kinds. I guess we should call this thing off. Yeah. You see, Polly, you see, Sprig, it's not that hard. I'm glad we managed to spend one and a half whole minutes on that. Uh, <laughs> we have decided that debate. Um, but more importantly, I think you actually avoided the real debate. So uh, did you were you team Alistair in the end? Because of the voice actor? I'm gonna have to go with Team Alistair because of because of Matthew Mercer and and because uh, you know, as being a cat myself, I sympathize with somebody who is a deer. Yeah. I, I also I wish I could pick the opposite. Like, I mean the glowing abs were cool, but I just like this character, the idea of this character a lot more. <laughs> like his whole little playing on his uh what what is that type of flute thing called? Uh, a piccolo? Something like that. What what what's he playing? Is oh, I could just look on the wiki. 
You see it all the time, but I don't know what it's called specifically. I don't even know if the wiki is going to tell me what it is. I do like that someone also had that instrument in the town. You know what? Let's just call it an ocarina. If we're going to be wrong, we should be wrong with style, right? Well, it is ocarina in somewhat concept. It's like a flute harmonica. <laughs> why Why can I not think of this? He uses it for magic, so I say ocarina. Yeah, I just, I love the little not really quite a melody thing that they came up with for it and like it's yeah it's just hilarious also i love the juxtaposition of like a magical deer centaur person with a against a cyborg like that movie would never (laughs) exist but i really wish it actually did why can't it exist yeah yeah come on hollywood i dare you you know there's there there is kind of a lack of like there's a lot of satire that takes form in this shape like a tv show in in a fantasy world but there's not a lot of, like, fully dedicated satire. Am I, am I missing out on that genre? Am I ignorant? I mean, we have the scary movie franchise, so I guess we could have the werewolf vampire movie. We'll, we'll see if we can get them to make werewolf vampire movies. I mean, there were spoofs. Like, I'm thinking of things like The Hungry Games, right? Like there They are literally these... made Meet the Spartans. They have no standards, so... Yeah, I feel like a lot of the movies end up being, like, kind of bad. Like, maybe, like... When you do a parody, it really only needs to be this long or, you know, fuel the concept for this town. It's yeah. Saturday Night Live sketch is the is the ideal length or a 30 second video on YouTube, which would basically be this. Right. Fake movie trailer stretching out to the whole thing. That's probably why there aren't that many feature films. (laughs) You like this one had the advantage of not having to generate a plot to get in between the ooh, who will I choose scenes. (laughs) Yeah. Of course, if you ever do watch Twilight, you might find itself being a kind of parody of life. Or, as we've established, a parody of romance. (laughs) Anyway, guys, that's it for us on Civil War and Hot Popular. Join us next week. Until then, I'm GC13. And I'm David. Don't forget to leave us a review anywhere you listen to podcasts. Later, everybody. Our opening and closing music is by Mark Soto. For more cartoon-related content, please visit LunarCeasefire.com.